Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, a church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Once again, verse 10, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and, and that they, uh, there may be no divisions among you, but that you may be perfectly united in mind and truth. You know, as I said over the last couple of weeks, revival is an awakening. It's a revitalization. It's a fresh hunger, fresh energy, a fresh passion for God. It's a return to a former glory within the church. It's where the church comes back to the first love, comes back to, Je- comes back to Jesus. And as I've said, revival, yes, it does affect the community, affects the lost, but revival begins within the house of God and it begins with you and me the people of God. It's when we wander astray and God in his grace and his mercy draws us back to himself and uses us by his spirit to uh, spread his good news. And you know, as I've said over the last couple of weeks after studying scripture and looking at past revivals, we see that a revival is completely a work of God. It's not of man. It is all of God. It is his power and it is him leading it. It is him starting it and him finishing it. However, As I said, there are a few things that we see in Scripture that the people of God can do to get ready for a revival. There are certain conditions that that God loves, and He is able then, in those conditions, if those conditions are right, He is able to come and move by His Spirit in power in a way that is not usually that not usually that doesn't usually happen. And uh, so tonight we're going to look at the third ingredient of revival, and the third ingredient of revival is unity. It is unity. You know, this, this principle of unity is vital. It's of paramount importance. And we see it in the early church. Unity was vital for the early church. They believed in unity. They longed for unity. And it's something that happened in the early church. And we see in the early church that the unity came about by the person of the Holy Spirit. Unity was brought about by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, we see in the early church, it's exciting, isn't it, when we see in Acts chapter 2 and and the whole book of Acts as the church is advancing and multiplying. There's incredible things happening. There's people getting healed, people getting delivered, God using people to perform miracles and signs and wonders. We see this powerful preaching, this powerful evangelism. But what the Holy Spirit done, he produced something which was even more wonderful even more greater than all of that. Something that is just as important. And we read it in Acts chapter 4, verse 32. It says, all the believers were in one heart and mind. Now salvation is phenomenal. Miracles are phenomenal. Healings, preaching, it is all incredible. And we thank God for it all. But the Holy Spirit did something that is, in effect, humanly impossible. He brought a unity amongst the church that had never been, amongst the people of God, that had never really been seen before. People who were totally united, brought together with one heart and with one mind. You know, this unity, it wasn't organized by the apostles. We don't see Peter and John saying to the people, you know, when they got together, right, everybody, this is our focus. Everybody's got to conform to this way. We've got to worship in this way. We've got to pray in this way. We've got to act and speak in this way. You don't see any of that happening. 
Actually, we see that if you, if you read in the Gospels, we see the disciples themselves, those apostles, they actually had a bit of difficulty being united with one another. These were people of disunity, of division, of dissension. We see that they were also always arguing amongst each other and grumbling amongst each other about who was the greatest, who was going to sit next to Jesus, you know, in, in heaven. All these different things. It was often little arguments that were going on amongst these people. But we see that after Jesus had descended into heaven and the Holy Spirit was outpoured and the church was birthed, we see that God produced something incredible. He brought about unity. This unity, it was God produced, love constructed, and spirit born. This unity was God produced, love constructed, and spirit born. You know, this is a lot different to what we see in many churches today. The church today, if we're going to say it, we see there's so much division, there's so much disunity, and I believe all these things are holding back the work of God within the church of Jesus Christ today. Division, disunity, it's all stopping God from moving. You know, and as a result of this, the world is getting a distorted, mixed up view of what the church, what the body of Christ should actually be. They're getting the wrong message. You know, we sit, uh, even yesterday I was looking on my phone and and um, I was looking on Twitter, actually, and there was this thing, this, this trending, which basically means a lot of people were talking about it on Twitter. And there was this hashtag, and it said, fake Christianity. And it was talking about, it, it got really popular at, at one point last, last night where people were talking about and making jokes about Christianity and saying, this isn't Christianity, and, you know, this, this should be Christianity, and this should be. There's so much confusion. Why? Because there's so much division and disunity within the church. There's no united, the church isn't united together as we see in the early church. You know, we see it even on our very doorstep, even within the lives of, even within the life of this church, we see that there's so much division that can happen and disunity that can happen. You know, it's sad to say, but we see many Christian marriages today. They often end up getting divided and we see the divorce rate is often higher within the church than it is in, than it is in the UK society at this moment. We see where, where we, as a church, we celebrate marriage. We see that the enemy is doing everything he can to divide marriages and homes and break up families and break up everything apart because that's what the enemy longs to do. His plan has never changed. To steal, kill, and destroy. Those of faith, that's what he wants to do. He wants to rob God of his glory. He wants to take away the people of God from God himself. That's all he wants to do. And so he'll do it in every single way. But one of his primary ways, one of his main weapons is division. That's what he wants to bring. Bring about division. As I said, it starts, it can start in the home. It starts in, you know, but ultimately division begins in our heart. It begins in our heart. We see it so sad. There's so much division within the church. We see church councils. They're fighting against their pastors. They see church leadership teams. They're competitive and jealous of one another. And, you know, that, you know I want to be leading worship. I want to lead this ministry. I want to lead that ministry. You know, it's about me. It's not about him. And, you know, we see it happening within the church. We see ministries that are riddled with gossip. Have you heard about so-and-so, so-and-so? We love that in the valleys, don't we? You know, that's one of the first things I say to Chloe when I pick up the phone. Any news today, Chloe? We love it. We absolutely love it. But you know, something that even though it might seem normal and, you know, like everybody's doing it, it's something that can hinder the work of God within the church. Little things. They can, when we begin to start pulling people down, 
you know, and actually the result of that, when we're actually pulling people down, it shows how insecure we are about ourselves and how we don't really know who we are in God. There's so much of that going on, gossip, division. How can God really bless that type of environment? God can't bless that when there's so much, when there's so much fracture, when everybody's falling apart, when everybody's fighting against each other. When some people are for this church and for that church and that leader and that leader, you know, or I only sing when this person is leading worship or I only listen or take notes when that person is preaching. How is that possible? How can God bless that work? You know, this is a crucial question before us. You know, on a Sunday morning, we've been talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, it doesn't matter how amazing the gifts of the Holy Spirit are. You know, the, those those things won't change anything if people are hurting one another, fighting against each other, quarreling one another. It doesn't matter if those things are at work. If we are divided, then it's for no point. There'll be no real lasting fruit from any of that. It doesn't matter how loud we sing or how amazing or how great the songs are, the new songs that we sing or how eloquent the preaching is or how cool we run our ministry. If there's fighting or division, we can forget God blessing anything that we do or anything that we say. You know, it's no good if we just ignore what's being preached, if we ignore one another or we don't encourage one another, it's no good. You know, Jesus said, the unity is paramount. In fact, he didn't just say the unity is paramount. That's one of the last things he prayed for in the Garden of Gethsemane before he went to the cross. He prayed that just as he and the Father was one, that we would be one together and one with him. That was his prayer for you and for me and for the church that we would be one. It says in John chapter 34, John chapter 34 and verse, uh, John chapter 34, and then it goes on to verse 35. It says, I, I give a, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you want people to know that you're a Christian, it's by the way that we love. It's not by the way that we act or speak or behave. It's by the way that we love. Because ultimately that will affect everything else in our lives. It's how we love. People will know that we belong to Jesus. Not because of something on our Instagram or our social media. Or we say that we're a Christ follower. It's not because we tell people that we're Christian. Actually, people can see it in us because the way that we love people. Or actually, we don't love people. People will see it in us where Jesus said that. But I give you a new command. Love one another as I have loved you. You know, when I think of the awesome love of God, that convicts me that we are to love as he has loved us. That's incredible, isn't it? This love which is for, for me, who is somebody who will disobey him, who will fail him, who will argue against him, who will mess up, who will get it wrong, who doesn't deserve it. But yet in his grace and his mercy, he still loves me. He still saved me. He still made a way to change me and still got a plan and purpose for my life. You know, that's how we to love one another. Warts and all, as the saying goes. You know, as, as we say in our marriage vows, for better or for worse, we to love one another. No conditions, no strings attached. We're going to love you. No matter what you are, who you are, no matter what your background is, Jesus said, love one another, just as I have loved you. And that's, that's the motivation for our love. We need to remember his love for us because that helps us to love other people when we're reminded of his love towards me and towards you. 
you know, you might say that's fantastic, that's great. But actually, this is humanly impossible. Have you ever tried to love someone, but actually, no matter how much you try, there's always that little thing that just winds you up. That little thing that grinds on you from time to time. That, that, the way that they do something, the way that person says something. You, you know, you might even come across somebody and you, you know, you might not have even spoken to them, but you know already. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm going to get on with you. We know that this type of love is humanly impossible. There's no way that we can conjure up this love or construct this love on our own. There's no way we can love one another like this. We can't do it. You know, because how are we going to love other believers? How are we going to do it in and of our own strength when we fail to love? When we fail to love, how are we going to do this? You know, as a pastor, I can't instill that love to you. No matter how long I preach for, no matter if it's a great message or if it's a rubbish message, I can't instill that love to you. No matter if I come and sit and have a chat with you, I can't instill that love to you. That love can only be poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. It is the love of God that is shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Getting tongue twisted then. But it's the love of God being poured out in our hearts, overflowing with our heart in our hearts by his spirit. It's a spirit within our lives that constructs this love. You know, there's no way that we can love each other all the time. But God, when we fill with his spirit, he constructs this love, he pours out his love in, in our hearts, we can begin to love one another. In a way that is not humanly possible, he is able to do it. As it says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 5, as it said in John 13 verse 35, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I thank God for his Holy Spirit who helps us to love one another, shows us how to love one another. You know, as I said, this is a sign that we really belong to him. Not that we go to church on a Sunday. Not that we can quote the Bible. Not that we're a Calvinist or an Armenian, for those of you who know what that is. Not whether we're a Pentecostal or a Baptist or an Apostolic. It doesn't matter about any of those things. The acid test for a real Christian experience is our love for one another. That's the real proof that we're actually who we say we are. That we will love all people. That we will love others. Even those who are different to us. We long for God to move in their lives. We long for God to change and transform, not to become like us, to become like him. That is our heart, is for them to become like him, to encounter him. Well, that's the real test of a Christian, our Christian experience, is our love for one another. Jesus prayed that you would be one, just as he and the Father was one. But as we look around, we see there's so much division, isn't there? Even within the name of our church. We're in assemblies of God's church. But then we've got evangelical churches, charismatic churches, Baptist churches, Lutheran churches, all these different things. But you know, the incredible thing is God doesn't recognize any of these labels. There is just one church to him. One people, those who belong to him. Yeah, there might be slight differences in doctrine and all these different things. Okay, I understand that. But you know, we've got four, far too much uh, together than we have when we're divided. You know, so many churches have divided and split over the silliest of little things. When actually there's more reasons for us to stick together than there is to pull apart. 
doesn't matter if, okay, they might have a slightly different doctrine to us about the second coming. When he comes, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to say, oh, this is how it happens. It doesn't matter when that trumpet sounds. We're all going to go up, so it doesn't matter. But we get so caught up. We trip each other up on these things. We criticize and pull each other down. And this, I believe, has hindered the church today. In generations gone by, they got so caught up on these things. And it's, I'm not saying that it's not important. It's vital. We need to stand on the truth of the word of God. We need to build on that. We stand for that. But when we begin to use the word of God to trip people other, other people up, then that's dangerous. That's not what it's for. We need to come together, united, understand one another, help each other, and work together to have teachable spirits. That's what God has called us to do. There's no label with God's church. When we get to heaven, there's just going to be one church. As Pastor Robert said many times, it's not going to be the Roman Catholics over one side, the Pentecostals, the Baptists in one area, and all these things. Us singing the happy, clappy songs, others singing more traditional songs. It's not going to be like that. We're all going to be together singing, worthy is the Lamb who is slain. Worthy, glory, and honor. We're not going to care about anything else. We're going to be united together, worshiping our Savior. It says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4 to 6, we're not going to read it all, but it says there is only one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all. Not 20 million different types of churches and styles and all these different things. One. One church. It is the church of Jesus Christ where he is the head and he is building it up. You know, the Apostle Paul, as I said, he was talking here in 1 Corinthians he was telling them because they were so preoccupied. You know, I'm for a Paul. I'm for Apollos. I'm only turning up to church when Apollos is preaching. You know, or I'm only attending the church where, where Paul is preaching. That's where I'm going to be. Well, Paul is saying, forget all of that. I didn't die for you. Apollos didn't die for you, Jesus. That's why we are here. It's all because of Jesus. You know, it's all because of him. And it is because of his love. That shows people it shows the world and it shows the church also of who we are that's who we are we're to love one another you know the greatest christian in our church this evening it's not somebody with a title it's not me because i'm a pastor or it's not uh, paul because he's the elder or, or it's not those who have or my grandparents because they've been here for you know for many years it's not all these different things the greatest christian within this place is the one who is most filled with the love of god and that could be a small child, but they could be the most greatest Christian within that place because they love, love him, love one another. You know, we see it in the great revivals of the past. As I come to a conclusion tonight, we see it in the great revivals of the past. The unity was a vital ingredient. Unity was vital. You know, when people began to repent of their sins and call upon God, the Lord moved in their hearts and he brought about incredible unity. Unity. And you know, this unity, it doesn't mean that everybody acted the same way or behaved the same way, or spoke the same way, or believed the same things or agreed in the same, uh, on everything. But the, the Holy Spirit produced a unity within their hearts that they had one heart and one mind. And that one heart and one mind was for Jesus. It didn't matter about all the other things. You are my Savior. I belong to you. I'm for you. I'm seeking you. I'm hungering and thirsting after you. You read about it in revivals. When God is moving... Forget about labels of church and all these different things. Everybody's heart and desire is just for Jesus. They long for him more and more. They long to be in his presence more and more. And it's incredible unity 
that's brought about. We read about in revivals, marriages being restored. We see the crime rates go down because everybody is not fighting against each other. They phone each other. Pubs were closed. In the Welsh revival, unity. Everybody just was united together in their love for God and their hunger for God and love one another. We would encourage each other. Come along to church. Will you be in church? Let's get in his presence. If you can't make it to church, let's get into the house. Uh, come over to your house. We'll pray together. We'll seek God together. They were just united in that one desire to know him make him known that's what their sole focus was you know our heavenly father loves it when we live in unity with one another he loves it and you know there's an incredible promise when we do live in unity when the holy spirit produces unity within our hearts it says in psalm 133 verse 1 to 3 how good and pleasant it is when god's people live together in unity it is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For they, the Lord, bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. God doesn't bless a church because of its style of worship, because of its style of preaching, because of how many people are there. God will bless a church when the church are united in one heart and one mind and saying, yeah, we love each other. We're here for Jesus. We're here to build one another up. That is why we're here. When a church is united, you watch God bless it. It doesn't matter if it's got two people in it. Watch God bless it. Watch how God will do something that is incredible. It doesn't matter tonight if there's 30 or 40 people that are here or if we've been seeing 30 or 40 people over the last couple of weeks and months. When we're united, watch what God will do in this place. For when we are united together, God commands a blessing. It is a blessing that occurs that is greater than anything we could have come up with or done on our own. On the other hand, where there's fussing, where there's fighting among God's people, that church is going nowhere. No matter how many ministries we might run, we could have a fantastic kids ministry, youth ministry, worship team, a food bank. We could have amazing building and facility. But if there's fighting or quarreling or even bitterness towards one another within our hearts, forget it. God's never going to move that place. When we start getting caught up on style and all these different things, forget it. But when the focus is, we come together to, because we love one another and we're here because we love our Savior. When we're here to put him first and seek him first, watch God bless it. Watch God bless it. Why? Because God is a God of peace not of war. He's a God who longs to bring peace. He's known, Jesus is known as the Prince of Peace. He longs to be able to bring peace where there's so much turmoil and hurt and heartbreak in our world. God is longing to bring peace. That doesn't mean we have to agree with every, everything that is said and done. We don't have to always agree with each other. But rather, let's pray, God, bring a unity that can only come about by your spirit. Cause love to overflow out of our hearts for one another and for you. And watch what God will do in, in this place you know to end i'm going to read this 2 chronicles 7 verse 14 if my people who are called by my name listen to this will humble themselves it doesn't say for individuals to, uh, just for us to you know for me to humble myself it says when the church when my people come together and they humble themselves when they're united when they pray when they seek my face, when they turn from their wicked ways, 
Delaware here from heaven. Delaware for Gabriel's sake. Delaware in your land. It's not just up to me. If we want to see God's blessing in this place, it's up to each and every one of us. You know, and I pray for that. God, close it in every single one of our lives from the youngest here this evening, you know, to the, to even Liana and Jacob, from Nat to Casey who's here tonight, to the oldest here. I'm not going to say who the oldest is, don't worry. <laughs> God, bring about a unity because it's not about my power. It's not about the church's power. It's God's power. And when we're all together in this, let's show God may be in and through this place. Why? For his glory, for his honor, and that people will come to know him. Shall we pray? Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe. And check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, go to gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk. Have a great day.